Welcome to podcast 139 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, we'll have some save updates. We'll be talking tactics, and there will, of course, be a quiz. But before we do all of that, let's see who I'm joined by this week. Joseph, welcome. Hello. It's great to be back. Yes. Yes, it is. Mr. Dupe, welcome. No long pause, please. Hello. I'm thrilled to be here, <laughs> Matt. I'm thrilled to be here. Thrilled. Blimey. That's I deep. learned it. Word of the day, toilet paper. Excellent. Glad to see that investment's paying off. It's the only toilet paper uh, I can get, Matt. Marvellous. And <laughs> David, welcome. Hello, ecstatic to be back. Ecstatic. Yeah. Someone else has got a dictionary for his birthday. <laughs> First time he's got it out. Keeping myself And busy. the dictionary as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> David, save update. Um, you have two on the go. Yeah, um... Yeah, you got the walls, the 0607 database, so we're still doing that at the moment. Um, I think uh, I've got one more stream left, and I should be able to smash out the rest of the season, but it's really close at the top of the league now. Um, I think, I remember I got to January, and there were, I mean, there's so many teams. I think anyone anyone from, like, second to eighth could have still been in with a shout, because I thought Southampton was so strong in the promotion race. And then between January and about March, they haven't won a single game. So Southampton now dropped out the top six altogether. So it's it's really tight and it's good fun at the moment, but I'm pretty confident I could get promoted. So fingers crossed on my next stream, we're able to do that. Um, but in regards to the Pentagon Challenge, uh, I can't quite remember where I was last week, but I think uh, I was still with Corinthians. We were pushing towards... Um, pushing towards a couple of Libertadores and we managed to get into the final uh, on... Uh, no, was it with Corinthians? No, uh, yeah, I was with Corinthians. I was in the Copa Libertadores and we got knocked out in like the quarterfinal. Uh, we weren't doing very well in the league and I thought, fuck it, let's go. So I left the club and um, another job job came up and it was River Plate in Argentina. Um, they were, they'd just started their season. They hadn't started off brilliantly, uh, but they were in the, they were in the semi-final of the Copa Libertadores. And basically what had happened is their manager had left to join Corinthians and then I went and joined River Plate. So it was a manager swap. So I got into the, the Libertadores final in the end. We played against Gremio, who to be fair, had been one of my sort of bogey teams throughout the, throughout the series, uh, into South America. Uh, it was on bank holiday Monday. So Joe and Duke were off work. So we did like a radio commentary on like a Discord call. Um, but unfortunately, I lost that game. Again, I think it's now the third final on the bounce we've lost. Uh, two of them being the Copa Libertadores, one of them being the North American Champions League. Um, but we're back now. We st- I stuck with River Plate because I managed to get them Copa Libertadores. And uh, we've actually been drawn against my old club, Corinthians, in the first knockout round. And at the time of recording... Um, I'm currently one the up on aggregate. So things are looking good. In terms of squad strength, it's nowhere near the, the squad strength of Corinthians or any Brazilian team, to be honest. Uh, the reputation is not as big in Argentina, but I'm still really, really enjoying it and smashing through the games. Uh, big question first. Uh, who was the radio commentator of choice? Uh, oh, we was listening to Dave. No, he was listening to me because I was recording my video. It was yeah, but so I, meant, I, I meant the. Uh, I meant the, the. You should have put on a voice. You should have tried oh, to be like uh, Barry Davis or Alan Green or any of the other great. Nah, to be fair, Matt, did. after the fifth time of him saving reloading, it got quite boring. To be honest. <laughs> ha! <laughs> you got a single ha for that dupe. Yeah. Congrats. That's Better a than sarcastic than. ha. Well, I keep getting people tweeting me about that now. Someone tweeted the pod about saving and reloading, <laughs> and and tagged me Dave, as well. Dave and reloading. Yeah, Dave and reloading. 
It's becoming, and I saw someone random put it. He wasn't even any connection to do with any of us. I just love the Dave fact that you're completely innocent, and this has just yeah. come from a bit of banter. And like now, people genuinely think you're cheating. And also, when you talk to people about the luck modif modifier, people think you're cheating by saving it. Yeah. Reloading. So who was it? Yeah, there was a Wolves fan. Um, who obviously a lot of people have started playing a lot more FM. So there was a Wolves fan. I can't remember who he was managing. A team in the Championship, and he'd gone on like a 25 match unbeaten run. And then all of a sudden, lost nine on the bounce. And it's, oh, I said, oh, there's like a, a myth that there's a... Well, I say myth, I put it in quotation marks, that there's a thing called the look modifier. If you save your game, restart it, I bet you'll start winning games again. And this guy goes, why would you want to do that? I said, what do you mean? He goes, what what enjoyment do you get uh, from reloading the games? And he thought I meant I was saving and reloading. I was like, no, there's a thing called the look modifier. And he just couldn't get his head around it at all. He's watched that so. cup final. Yeah, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> you sure it was Raz you was talking to? <laughs> Probably Raz. Either way, um, I I've dropped in on a couple of the streams. Although the the thing that interests me the most about the Pentagon is that it's still going. You haven't you haven't thrown anything out. Nah, you've... there's been. To be fair, like now, I think the thing that annoys me the most about it is the pre-seasons like now with River Plate there's like I've got a little bit of money but not enough to attract like big player names and as I say with a reputation in Argentina it's not as big as it is in Brazil so when I was managing Corinthians I know I could have signed borderline world class players whereas Corinthians I can't and all of my good players are being bidded for for like two and a half million and it's just no use to me so I think I've got to get it in my head that I'm not going to be here longer than a year really or longer than two years so I could probably afford to spend more money or make more stupid signings just to literally win a trophy. And it's been like seven seasons now, which for a lot of people, they would have given up. But have I'm you not confident. Been in talks with your uh, head Argentina scout. Yeah, that's what I, yeah I've, I've had words with him, but I'm like 15 years in now, aren't I? So, like, a lot of the names. Send are just, him the save, he'll yeah. sort you out. But, um,. <laughs> Yeah, I'm still I'm still really enjoying it at the moment. I'm confident as soon as we win one, I think the other two, it'll be like a bus, they'll come at the same time. Well, come very soon after. Like my sex so. life. Yeah. Um, Dave, yeah. just a quick one. Uh, have you got the manager rep so once you do finally win this that you could go straight off to a decent oh, team? Oh yeah, in yeah your definitely. Life? Yeah, yeah. So we've got um we've got four star rep now. And I think that's actually coming handy for other things, such as uh, when play when players' agents come and moan about the contracts and I go to the players and say, I want you to sack your agent. 100% success rate. And I don't know whether that's just a coincidence or whether that's because I'm quite reputable now as a manager. But you got to bear in mind, I was at Man City for a little bit. Arsenal and Barcelona offered me interviews. So I know after this, I'm going to try and get North America next after this. Uh, but I'm pretty confident I should be able to get a decent job in Europe as well. But fingers crossed by this time next week, we've uh, we've finally got number three. Marvellous. I've used that word twice now. You I'll try and think of a new... I do. I, <laughs> I quite like it, um, Mr. Dupe. Hello. You've uh, you, you've um, been deliberating on Twitter about looking for saves and suggestions and such after Ajax's bit in the dust. I'm not gonna lie to you, Matt. I may have bitten off a bit too, too much, which is, as you can see, my waistline. I didn't quite I'm, common. I mean, for me. I didn't. I didn't want to drop you in it that far. So it's I fine. Gonna, I'm mad I was enough. assuming that people had forgotten about this claim that you were going, you were making. Um, no, 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 I'm, I'm a big boy, you... I can take it. And, and to be honest, yes, I, I did sit there and I did say, look, I'm going to do the British Steel Challenge, but look, I, I did a little, I loaded up a database, I had a little look around, uh, started a save and, and 
started the, the ball rolling, let's say. Did a preseason with my team. Beautiful. Happened. We, we played well. We played good football. I'm happy. Uh, two days before the start of the season, eight of my players get bought because they're not. We're semi-professional. So eight of them got signed new contracts with different clubs. And I couldn't get anybody in. So I basically just said, I'll go off, basically. Uh, I need a bit more time to sit and think and play with that. So I've got a couple of bits of kit that are turning up this week. Uh, and I've been discussing a save with Mr. Friday Night FM because he is the oracle of football manager saves. And um, I'm going to get the ball rolling on that one. So are we not at the point where we can have it shared or is it just a coming yeah. soon? Um, it probably changes mind. This is the big thing. <laughs> um, I don't think there's any point talking about it just yet, but it's uh, it's a it's a it's a long long save. It's not going to be a, a five minute thing. But I, that's good with your large package that's arrived. Uh, yes, once my large package has arrived, I mean in the postman. Um, <laughs> I I just can't. I don't want to tie myself down uh, because I might change my mind. To be perfectly brutal. And to be honest, no but, to be tethered to a stable. So, well, I did it once. I don't want to do it again. Um, but I think there's legs with the British Steel Challenge. I do, do see the the interest there, and I, can, I just think once you get over that first bit, that first hurdle, maybe it's a bit more enjoyable. Well, I guess I say once the going's good, then yeah, you can go for many furlongs. Yes, but what I do need to focus on is nailing it down. I'm ready. Like I'm ready to be back streaming. I had a tough year, well, tough, tough six, seven months to be to be perfectly honest. Uh, and I'm ready. And I'm ready to be back. And I just need that. I probably should have went live with my IX save, but I just well, wanted you to, to really enjoy it. Yeah, I did, and I'm still playing it now. It's open as we speak. Um, <laughs> I've just gone into my fifth season as preseason, but. I want to start. So something. that killing of that save went well, then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Love that. Uh, it did really well. Um, it's one of those, isn't it? When you enjoy yourself on something so much, you're trying to get inspiration and you're trying to work out what to do. I just slipped back in um, and played a little bit more. Absolutely <laughs> battered by uh, Barcelona in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, six-three. I know it's ten. 10-4 on aggro, I think it was. So, uh, yeah, the save's dead. I just, just want to keep playing. Just it was Easter. Keep... You can resurrect things at Easter, apparently. Absolutely. I, and I'm just I'm go. just doing CPR. I'm just keeping it alive at the moment. <laughs> uh, success rate maybe not so great, but we'll see. But, um, Lovely. I've got, I've, got, I've got things planning. We'll keep a close eye slash ear on events. Thanks. That's very kind. I think that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I don't think it is, but okay. <laughs> Joseph. Um, hello. You, hello. Um, Sunderland save. Uh, there's been things afoot that you've then decided to take your foot well and truly off the gas, but you can in well, you can tell everyone what's been guanin with that. Since Sunderland till I died. <laughs> so <clears throat> I've really, I spoke about it the last couple of weeks. Um, and obviously after watching a Netflix series, it piqued my interest, um, and I've had a really fun two weeks playing the save. First season, obviously, just absolutely smashed it, smashed a hundred points, and I went for it in season two. And as FM will do it to you, I won the league with two games to go, 
So then the penultimate game, I lost, which meant I couldn't get 100 points. So after a season, really, that started off playing a bit defensively because I thought, oh, I'm going up into the league. I had an idea. I wanted to kind of play counter-attacking football. I bought in five lone players, which I spoke about last week, that were designed to fit the mould of a fast attack, like counter-attacking team. And after about ninth or tenth game, just sitting back and kind of just waiting for the counter wasn't working for me. I was playing counter-press. I was really trying to win the ball back and then you know, release those quick players. It didn't really work too much, so I changed it to an attacking mentality and it literally transformed my season. Um, in catcher, I think he scored 34 goals, got 10 assists for the season. You had uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, uh, Michael Obafemi, uh, Billy Gilmore was just unreal. He was uh, he got a championship player of the year. Um, that lad, you know when you don't see through balls in Football Manager and then all of a sudden you do see him, you're like, blimey, that was good. Like He was the king of them. So he's definitely one that I'll try and sign somewhere else, I think. But long and short of it, got to the end of the season and I was in a Discord call last night with Dave and Raz. And I said, look, I've got a couple. I've already done bringing teams into the Premier League. I don't. If I go into the Premier League, I know what will happen. I'll just. I'll get a certain amount of money. I'll buy the right players, and I'll be safe. Might not. You know, might not get into Europe. Might not. But I think I just kind of thought it's another Premier League save, and you get so much money that it doesn't take long before you can, you know, start challenging or, or having been out of position, so to speak. So I decided that I would just save the file, retire my manager. And then upload it to WeStreamFM.com for anyone to have a go. Because I've had lots of people talking about it, saying that they want to start one. Um, always asking like different screenshots and stuff like that of different players. So I just thought, you know what, I'll write a little blog. And it is, it's only a very, very small blog, just about some of the players that I've got. Um, and some kind of tips for the squad and what I've been doing. And I just thought, I'll upload it. And then just if anyone wants a crack while we're kind of in lockdown, it's, it's an easy save to just pick up. I've actually had one, one guy said he was going to play it. And then he noticed that Aston Villa got relegated. So he started a Villa save using that save file. So, it, you know, the, it gives you another save universe to go and play with, which is quite good. Joe, you know granted, you've you've got back-to-back promotions. But yes. was it easier than you thought it was going to be? Or did you just buy well, play well? And I've run the, the luck of the draw. The first season, I I kind of presumed that I would be pissing that anyway. I didn't think that would be a problem. Um, the second season, I didn't think until probably midway that I was going to have a good chance of going up. I hadn't planned for that. What I'd planned was just to be good on the counter-attack and then you know, grab a few goals because I've got very fast players. Once I changed to that attacking mentality, I, I was picking up I was just dominating games, and I thought, "Hang on, this is I'm I'm in the top. I don't think I dropped out of the top three for like the whole second half of the season. So I was like, this is definitely going to happen as long as I can avoid injuries.' And that was that was probably the key thing, is that in catcher didn't get injured, Callum Hudson Odoi didn't get injured, Billy Gilmore didn't get injured. Although he wasn't his his stamina was a bit poor. Um, I had to rotate him a, a fair few times, but like in catcher played every game, Badia Shilo played every game. Jimmy Dunn played every game. You know, they all, they all, it was just very consistent. Um, and yeah, just kind of at the end of it, pissed the league. Do you think it was good recruitment tactics or a combination of both? I think it's always good advice in the championship because the loans that you can get are brilliant, but it's very easy to get 
I don't know, similar players or, or the wrong players for what you need. Now, obviously, with Sunderland, because they haven't got the greatest of squad. They didn't have a great squad coming out of League One. Although it, you know, it's good for League One, it just wasn't that great for Championship level. So I thought, right, what I wanted to have pace in the front four positions. So right wing, both strikers, left wing. That was that was what I really wanted to do. So I was like, right, what? Who's available for loan? Eddie and Ketcher. You know, we all know he's a fantastic Championship player. Um, I'd looked at Michael Oberfemi when I was in League One. Now, if, if you looked at his attributes, you'd probably say that he he wasn't the greatest striker, but he is athletic as fuck. Um, and I thought, you know what, if I play him as a pressing forward, because I was only playing two central midfielders, he would often kind of drop in and challenge the defensive midfielder. And he, he would just be chasing his arse around. And obviously with his athleticism, it was just he seemed like a perfect player. Hudson Odoi, they only they wanted thirty six grand of his one hundred and twenty grand a week wages. So I was like, well, why wouldn't you have him in your squad? And then you know I kept Lyndon Gooch playing right wing, and he was arguably one of the best players that we had. He I think he had fifteen sixteen assists, and just like Mister Consistent. And again, the Billy Gilmore loan, it was you know I, I didn't have a playmaker, so being able to get him as well, it just it. I kind of look, always look at my squads and kind of go, right, where am I weakest? And if I can get cheap replacements, and I would say that you know any loan signing can be cheap, and then can I build around them? So the rest of my squad kind of is say, signing um, Jimmy Dunn, 375 grand from Burnley, perfect. I signed Badia Sheila. I only paid two, two and a half million for him with add-ons for the next three years. <laughs> so that was more of an investment. Um Keeper was three hundred and seventy-five grand, so it was like there was. I spread the money quite well, and then got the loan signings to kind of really put the cherry on the top. I think the Jimmy Dunn signing was really good uh, on my the Burnley save I had last year. He was one of those that I he just he just wasn't quite good enough for the Premiership, but always would go to a Championship side and do well. Yeah. And he's he's got all of the right attributes in the right places for like a. He's a, I don't think he's, he's age proper is, dice, isn't he? He's proper yeah, dice. <laughs> he is just like. He he'll head everything, um, but he's not got of you know he's got all of the good lead, leadership attributes, uh, bravery, etc. Anything you want as a no nonsense centre half, um, but his age wasn't it was sort of against him as to use as like a development player because he's I think he's like twenty two or at least he was last year so he'd be like twenty two twenty three now yeah he's twenty three and in the third season so he will oh, so be, maybe like, bit, when you start he's probably like twenty one isn't he so yeah. So he wasn't sort of in terms of he had to be played or sort of lose any sort of remaining yeah potential yeah potentially had so but he always looked on paper he looked decent so I got I got to like March time in the league and I started thinking you know there's a good chance I'm getting promoted here and I went through my team and was kind of like right if I'm getting promoted where am I going to need to replace these you know what, what am I going to need to do obviously the loan signings they will definitely need to be replaced. Um, and obviously, when you go into the Premier League, you can only have two loan signings from the Premier League. So the fact that I had five, you know, I, had, I would have to pick and choose. But I was going through looking at my coach, my scout reports and stuff, and you had kind of Jimmy Dunn and Badia Sheila. It was like Premier League quality defenders. So I'm like, I've, I had both. I, I signed Badia Sheila, obviously, for the first season in the Championship, and I had Jimmy Dunn in in League One. So it's kind of like they 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 were a quality little partnership that you if you could keep hold of them. They'll do you solid in the Premier League. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. Well, I'm going to hand over the 
the majority of the hosting reigns in this section to Mr. Azapardi because it is his oh, specialist yes. subject. West <laughs> well, Bromwich and tactics. <laughs> well, it's it's not just it's not just wolves related or wolves save related. It's wolves tactic related. So, why? Like someone who has watched a lot of wolves over the past, well, since Nuno took over and beyond. Um, but I'll hand you over to Mr. Dave, who will be guiding us through how we would try and create or recreate Nuno's current tactic uh, from a few months ago now. <laughs> wolves. <laughs> Football, who knew that was a thing? That was a thing. Um, yeah, so we haven't done one of these for a while. I think we did We did a couple uh, a couple of months ago. So Big we are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so we're going to be looking at recreating or trying our best to recreate Nuno's tactic. I think this will be quite an interesting one because I think wing-back formations are qu- have been quite good this year on Football Manager as well. So um, for one, if you guys ever, like want to try this tactic out after we've discussed it, let us know and, and put it together in game and let us know how it works out. Or two, this might inspire you to start a wall save as well because they are... Quite an intriguing save to um, to to obviously take on. I've seen a few people do it on Twitter and so on over the last uh, few weeks. Um, so yeah, uh, obviously when Nuno came into Wolves, he adopted this five at the back formation and or three at the back in some people's eyes. And we've never played any different. So it's quite a quite an interesting one to talk about. So um, the lineup that we're going to go with, um, I'm not sure how because I know Joe, you were like drafted a team together. I've gone with the narrow one rather than the one with the wingers. Mate, yeah, you're, you're the expert. Yeah, so the one... <laughs> Wolves predominantly play with two formations, um, a 5-2-3, or in some people's eyes, a 3-4-3. Three, three. So your three centre-backs, uh, your two wing-backs, your two central midfielders, two wingers and a striker. Or we have been playing a little bit more often. Uh, you're three at the back, your two wing-backs, three central midfielders, and then two strikers rather than the two wingers. So, I mean, we could probably discuss both of them, really. Um, but we'll start with the goalkeeper. Predominantly over the last two years has been Mr. Rui Patricio, of course Portuguese goalkeeper over I think he's over a hundred caps now, um so he more or less picks himself and I think for Wolves in the Premier League for at least two or three years in game, um he's a good option to have, um in terms of roles, probably say so a standard goalkeeper would you say? You play pretty, the line is pretty deep, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what so, I was gonna, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah I think... researchers put him down as a sweeper keeper. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's done well. He's a sweeper. I mean, he's he's pretty good sort of uh, rushing out, but on the ball, he, he's not great. I'd probably say in terms of, you know, in terms of FM role suitability, I think he's better. Sweeper keepers tend to work quite well in the game. But it's more well, about how, I mean, it depends on how we're interpreting this, whether we're trying to, we're, it's replicating how Wolves play or we're selecting best roles for players. And if we're trying to replicate how Wolves play... I'd probably play, say how Wolves play. Goalkeeper yeah. defend then, because he doesn't need to... He yeah, he's very, he's one of those, he, he doesn't really, um, he doesn't really like to command his area too much. So, uh, oh, I mean, probably... he could, if he can play sweeper keeper, he can do it, but that's not, not not the uh, the point of it is it yeah so i think i think uh with patricio um i think that's probably yeah i mean uh, other than other than john ruddy i think uh yeah sorry i uh, joe joe uh, joe's telling me off so i was just uh there we go yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyway we'll talk about that um I'm talking about <laughs> he's, put, he's, he's put me off completely now. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So Joe, 
what game was it where he really nearly fucked up? Was it the Europa League? Uh, yeah, yeah, that was against uh, Espanyol, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know oh, what Jimenez was doing. He threw it straight back to him and he tried to volley it away and absolutely bowled it. He made a smart save. He's not even so, the yeah, best J- Portuguese goalkeeper, though, is he? Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Joe, yeah, Joe has put it as a 5 2 3, and that's the, uh, that is the team we shall discuss today. But I mean, we can talk about both options as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So, uh, start with the mentality. Uh, probably say for Wolves something like counter would you say or what is it still called countering game cautious yeah that's the one I'd probably I'd probably say cautious I don't know if you guys obviously watched Wolves would agree with that sort of thing or or would you say positive I, I maybe? Know, I'd say positive I'd say that you are you're a good side it pains me to say uh, and you, you you play the ball well yeah I'd say positive see I would say how it how it should be set up, it would be cautious because yeah. they're not expecting to kind of have the majority of the possession, so to speak. They do rely on obviously fast counters and, you know, switching the ball, don't they? So it's cautious is where it would be, but I don't really think it works in football manager that well. So I I would say it would be more positive, more attacking because you can still have a lower line, obviously lower defensive line, lower line of engagement and play attacking football. Yeah, I think for for what it's worth, I think I played with that sort of fam- some, uh, familiar formation. I think I played a balanced, but I think you're right, especially against the bigger sides. When we play in the top six, we sit so deep and I think we, sometimes we only have 30, 35, 40% of the ball. So I think that's like what you said, Joe, we do like to obviously counter-attack. Um, obviously player roles then, we quickly discussed Patricio. Um, for the the wing-backs, I think, are, are wing-backs, really. Um Patricia, um, not Patricio, Doherty and Johnny predominantly do what wing backs are meant to do. They burst up and down. They're good at. Def- they're both pretty good at defending. But I think especially Doherty as well. They're they're a threat in front of goal as well. So I probably wouldn't say they're inverted wing backs, would you? They don't really tend to sort of tuck in. But no, I'd probably Is say there any standard differentiation w- between the roles. Would you say, Dave? Like, <sighs> is one slightly less like, less inclined to attack? Because I, I mean, I'd I've say- seen. Both do it, but I think Doherty. I think Doherty is more. I think yeah. they. I think they both do it. Especially Johnny is starting to get involved a, li- a little bit more. Um, I think out of the two, he's probably a better defender. But out of the two, go like attack attacking wise, Doherty's probably better. He's obviously, he's, tends to score a lot more goals. It's weird with Doherty. He he hugs, he hugs the wing right up until. He gets into the towards the box, and that's when he sort of makes those uh, central runs. Um, so that that is quite unique for him, I think. I don't really think there's is anything. That with, is that without the ball as well? That's yeah, that's without yeah. the ball. Yeah, so yeah, so that's, that's difficult to try and replicate in FM. Yeah, re- it? yeah, it's quite unique, really. Like I don't Arrives think late in box. Yeah, that might be uh, that sort <laughs> of thing. Johnny, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Johnny doesn't tend to do that. He has he has done it on the odd occasion, but it's not anything that he does regularly, really. So, I'd probably say the best one. Well, I, I, I mean, I'm not fantastic in, within my definitions of roles, but what's the main difference between like a complete wing back and a wing back? Is it are they two different not, not roles? A massive amount, to yeah. be honest. So I didn't oh, really know. I would probably have I'd probably have Doherty, Doherty, yeah. as as a probably complete wing back with with Johnny as a wing back, yeah. <clears throat> on a on attack probably for 
for Doc, especially, I'd say. He likes to bomb it down there. Um, I will talk about... Well, I may as well talk about it now. The right wing-back role is some, somewhere where I think a lot of Wolves fans at the time when we signed a Darmatory Ore maybe saw him playing there a little bit. And he has played a few games for us there. Um, um, most notably in the Asia Trophy when we beat Man City. I think he played there in the league. He played there uh, against Raheem Sterling as well. So I think he's a different option as well. Almost... Sort of similar to Doty in the fact that he's going to bomb up and down that wing. Um, and he did extremely well. I've had I've had a lot of people that have played as Wolves this year had zero luck with Adama whatsoever. Because I think all of you have probably seen him in game physically. He's fantastic. But other than that, he's not really got much going for him. Uh, on the ball, he's good. But other than that, nothing else. Uh, but I played him at wing back as a uh, wing back support. And he was unbelievable for me on FM. So um, I think, you know, one of those, I think wing play is quite powerful on the on this year's game. So he's another option. But we'll talk about Adama a bit more towards the end of the team anyway. Um, Centre-backs, they're all good on the ball. But I don't really think, especially in FM, you can't really have three ball-playing defenders. But that's, that's what they are though, aren't they? They're all ball-playing yeah. defenders in, in FM. Yeah. Do you reckon that would work, three ball-playing defenders? All next well, to each other. It, it's just that there'll be a lot of through balls coming from centre half. That, well, I, yeah. I had a look because um, Willie Bolly has got the player trait of carries ball out of defence. Yeah. And the other two, who we've put Cody and Sace, have yeah. both got um, tries long uh, long passes. Yeah. So they've they've actually got obviously that's Cody's kind of skill. I think he's got fifteen passing, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. For, for centre half, he's like he's yeah. amazing. And in real life, you see him. Yeah, I asked you earlier on when I was kind of just putting this together, and said, "Has he got a player trait of switches ball to other flank?" Because that is, that is what Wolves do, don't they? They're very much yeah. he will start an attack by getting the ball back as like the, the deepest pivot, and then he'll be pinging it out to one of the wide players, but yeah. he hasn't. So again, if you're playing as Wolves, maybe get him trained, switch yeah. ball to other flank. Yeah, but I think in terms of the actual players themselves, I think ball playing defender. Um, but I think, yeah, tend to play... I, I always tend to play Cody in the middle like Wolves do in real life just because I say he's a little bit shorter. Not, he's not too much shorter. Um, but I always tend to have, like, if I've got two taller players, I'll play them sort of either side. Not that it matters uh, too much. But, yeah, we, we've gone with Sace on the left and Bolly on, on the right on this occasion. And, and mainly because, as well, Bolly's right-footed and, and Sace is left-footed. If, if A lot of people do look at that sort of thing when picking a team as well. What um, about GT? differences would they all be beyond defend would there be any stepping out and attempting to make challenges ahead of the others or what about cover roles is there anything like that or is it is it a fairly static like defensive line yeah, yeah they are they do tend to be quite static um as we said earlier walls do tend to play quite deep as well um and they very rare other than Bolly, like you said sort of it tends to bring the ball out sometimes they're very defensive like they won't ever sort of move out of shape so I'd possibly say they'd be all on the same sort of duty possibly defence to be honest because they don't really do anything else other, other than that really I they're like Warnock defenders aren't they <laughs> yeah it's really disciplined yeah and I think that's I guess, what obviously we could talk about with the instructions as well later I guess on. also like the, the difficulty they would have is like if they are to push out they're going to impinge on the central midfield space as yeah. well which might neatly lead us on to those roles. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we've gone for the midfield two of Matinho and Neves, which, again, is quite a frustrating one in terms of foot and manager because they're both very, very similar players. And I think 
when Matinho first came in last season for Wolves, I think people were worried that they were going to have two fairly, could say short, because they're not they're not massive guys. Two short players that are very very similar playing together. Obviously in real life it's it's done okay, um, but in FM I think they are both down as their preferred roles as DLPs. Um, so again that, that is quite difficult to play both of them as diff- deep line playmakers. Um, Double pivot. Yeah, I mean, I remember Dupe, I think last year, signed Neves and played him as an advanced playmaker. And he did, or was it for Liverpool? That was. That was that legendary four day uh, network, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he, 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 he did quite yeah, well for you, though, didn't he? He smashed, he, he smashed a few goals in, didn't he? I, I, I yes. He can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. Yes. He, he has yes. the player traits and he shoots from distance. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Every time we're on TV or every time he knows he's got a, a, a camera on him, he, he he loves that. And I've had a few a few goals and I think free kicks are quite powerful this year as well. So, But I think it is quite difficult with a midfield too because you have to be careful because as soon as you put one as a more attacking role and he goes off, then you've got one midfielder, you know, and, and then you're relying on your back three straight away as well. So... I think you do have to be careful on that. I think you can afford Neves to possibly be a little bit more attacking. Martino's not quite the legs, to, not quite got the legs to do that at the, uh, anymore. Um, but I don't know what, what would you say, Joe? That's best or Matt or Dupe? <laughs> Just singling Dupe out then. What would you say is probably best next to a DLP? I, I think both of them. I think both of them as DLPs is, is fine because you've got three central defenders as well and you really you're relying on your attacking is from your wing backs and then your front yeah. three as well so you've got I think you've got enough in that system to make it work by having them both as DLPs would you say uh, both on support and then allow the um, not PPMs anymore but uh, the player whatever, traits player traits to take over and make yeah. them make have some differentiation there I'm, I'm playing around with a lot with player traits at the moment I've, I've I sent this to Rez and Dave last night. I've been watching a few different streams, different YouTube things. I've been picking up that player traits seem to be very powerful. And I've not really paid that much attention to them before, where it's more been more around team instructions, player instructions. But a, a lot more is kind of seems to be working. Foxy was one of the ones actually that was kind of going through it a lot more. And he doesn't have any player instructions. He does it all on player traits. So it does take him a little while to build in his squad, get mm. the right players in and then, get the, the player traits that he wants um, so I think that's that's something that's worth looking at with Matinho and with Neves is look at what their player traits are and, and let them do the work yeah just got to hope I, that they're not too similar straight off the bat <laughs> yeah I think I think like you, you said one of the the traits just obviously for a little bit of a tangent Joe I, I think a lot of people having um, annoyance with one-on-ones and again with the game being played more and more I'm getting more and more people comment on one-on-ones uh, I think you said one of the fast players you had is tried to round the goalkeeper yeah it was a uh, Oberfemi because yeah. he, he was you know he he was athletic so what I think it was Buston Net that I've heard him saying about it. he was like if you've got an athletic striker not the greatest kind of composure and finishing but maybe you know athletic with a bit of technical ability get them to um, train rounds keeper and then it was like if they've got a good technique first time shots um, and good composure and finishing places shots like and there was like certain criteria and I'm going to try and look into it a bit more because I, I was obviously I was, I was watching it and listening and I was like it, it makes sense so I'm trying to now just work out kind of the different types of strikers there are and then what type of kind of player traits you can add to, to make them better yeah 
that'd be. Well, she plays his shots was always one that I've always round, kind of round keeper at. and play shots are the, the favourite. The place shots one was more because it felt like that was how you had to have that to yeah. get your strikers to score in a match. In you, but now it may be that the different player traits for different players might you know might work a lot better. I'm guessing there's like a so cocktail of them as well, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so you can almost build a little, morph a little cocktail of traits that that could complement each other. And I guess on the other hand, you can have traits that could actually be the opposite. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. In in my Sunderland, say I've got Max Power. One of his player traits is dwells on ball, and honestly, the amount of times he had the ball stolen off of him, <laughs> it, it actually got frustrated that I dropped him for the second half oh, of the season to doing my nutty because I, I was only playing two central trade. midfielders. And every time I was like trained him to stop doing it, and it, it, I could never get the player trait off of him, so I ended up just dropping him because I was losing possession. And obviously, I've only got two centre halves behind him, so yeah, it was I think leaving me a bit vulnerable. I think that and uh, either hit shots with power or likes to shoot from distance on a striker are some of the most frustrating things, especially if you can't get rid of them. Attempts overhead um, kick. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but when it comes off. That? But when it I've comes got, off. <laughs> I signed um, Frank Avina from Bayern Munich, I think it was. And he's got that. That's the only player trait he's got. And honestly, I, I reckon for the whole season, I reckon I've seen him do six overhead kicks <laughs> like in the match engine. I'm like, he's brilliant. But he didn't score anyway. It, it, yeah. I can imagine. I I don't really. <coughs> I can't say I've paid attention to a, a tries overhead kicks, but if if that was the one player trait that you knew as you'd be waiting all season. Oh, he's going to do it. Oh, I didn't try it. Oh, oh bloody hell! Imagine if you were in the, the lower leagues. The one time leagues, he does. Oh <laughs> the one yeah, time yeah, he imagine. does, you're not looking. You're grabbing a drink. Imagine if you're in the lower leagues. You manage to coop a really good strong player, really good forward, knocks 20, 25 goals in, and he's got that trait, and he scores like five or six of them a season. That'd be unbelievable. Man. They like they're Matt in pro clubs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never score any but the one I do score I end up doing laps around the whole the fucking office. street here is <laughs> celebrating not a great score of goals but a score of great goals Matthew we should play uh, pro clubs again goals. by the way yeah. I'll anyway. play pro clubs if you hate FM at the moment uh, we should probably get back on topic and maybe yeah. finish this squad or else we're going to have no strikers uh, but, uh, um, that'll, that'll please yeah. Guido Okay. Now, for what it's worth, I think the player traits for, for people obviously listening, it's definitely something I'm going to take a look at a bit more in depth because it's something that I don't really look at, to be fair. So, Well, for the go. two we've just mentioned, Neves and Moutinho, they've both got dictates tempo, which obviously is great for good yeah. passes of the ball. Um, Billy has Neves got anything well. to do with switching the play as well? Has, has Neves got anything to do with switching play? I don't remember. So okay. that dictates well, I should tempo. know really because I'm the researcher, but you know. <laughs> dictates tempo. I'm assuming they're dictating the tempo you set, right? Yeah, but the, as a playmaker, that's what you would do, isn't it? Correct. No, absolutely. Tempo, so but if yeah. you if is if your team instruction is set as high tempo, you know, high high tempo yeah. pa- pa- yeah, they'd passing, probably try and move the ball a bit quicker, wouldn't they? They're yeah, the they ones that do what they that. think they need to do. They yeah, don't yeah. take it upon themselves to, oh, actually, we should slow play down here. Do you think maybe it m- makes them even more of a ball magnet as well? Like, if they're the ones who are dicta- supposedly uh, the ones controlling the game, they they will be expecting the ball more often. Probably. I don't know, I don't yeah. know if it's actually a, a, an explanation. I don't know what the game explanation or, like, the behind-the-scenes explanation of that trait is. This has gone all kinds of yeah. skew if, but never mind. Player traits episode coming soon. Yeah. 
Move on to the front three then. We've gone with Adama, Jota and Jimenez. Um, well, if we quickly go back to midfield, because if, if we were playing with the midfield three, like I said uh, earlier on, we had Leander Dendonka, um, who's played there every now and then. I'd pr again, he's a weird role, um, but I'd probably say he's possibly a box-to-box -box midfielder or something along those lines, because he's almost like that... Of, you've got the sort of flair and technique of the Neves and Matinho and he's got almost sort of like, I don't know, doggish bulldog type, you know, win that ball back in the middle. We can play pretty much anywhere in the midfield, can't yeah. we? Because he even plays as a centre-half in FM, I think, still, does he? I don't yeah. know if he used he's to. Played there, he's played there a lot this season as well, at centre-back. I'm not going to lie, it's a little bit off topic, Dave, so I do apologise. Go on. How's he done? Because, like, obviously he's quite quite well known in the, the FM world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Obviously, we signed him last uh, last summer, not not uh, summer, just gone the summer before, and it took him until December to make an appearance, and we thought, oh my God, like we've signed a dud here. Um, and he came in and he was like a breath of fresh air, like he was really, really good. Um, this season, obviously, Willie Bolly got injured, so he's played at the back with Connor Cody and Sace. But Sace, I, I don't know, I, I think they've both done well, Sace and Dead Donker, but Sace has tended to get the nod a little bit more over him. So now Willie Bolly's back. Then Donker's been out the team a little bit more. But he's always a great... Like, say if you're trying to hold on to a game, you bring off Martinho or Neves for him. He, he's a really, really good option to have. But saying that as well, we have been playing, especially in Europe, 5-3-2 a lot more. So he's playing in midfield anyway. So he's a really, really good player. And uh, for someone that's quite tall, he's he's ridiculously quick. Like, there's clips of him online. Uh, I think it was a game against Man U in the FA Cup last year. The, the pace that the guy ran the length of the pitch was unbelievable. For someone that didn't get in the team because of his fitness, really, we played we played Anderlecht a couple of years back in the Europa League, and he he, he scored against us. And he was so, like, he played very well, to be fair. Uh, yeah, gave away a penalty though. Quite good at that. And he oh, mate, he's yeah, he he's that. he gives away a lot of penos. Yeah, yeah, he gave away a peno in the FA Cup semi final, which we lost, and he gave away a peno at Wembley. Yeah, yeah, we don't talk about that. And then the one um, he gave one away against City as well. Very, that was pretty harsh but a lot of the time like like I say I think maybe a box to box or something like that a lot of the time he's he runs like a further on than the strikers it's mad like say him and Jota are playing quite deep he'll run further than them so that's why and you know if you're playing a ball quite long he's a big guy like can hold at the play and so on he's a, he's quite a different option but we'll move on to the, the front three anyway now if we say Jota Jimenez and, and Adama which again, on its own, is is so, <laughs> I've said it a lot, so unique because they all just sort of roam and float between each other. So it's quite hard to pinpoint a, a role and in instructions really to them. I'd we have a say, very similar thing at United, to be fair, with Rashford, Dames and Martial. Well, just... that's the thing, yeah. That's, I, I think Jota's probably probably certain to be like a an inside forward or something like that because him and him and his sort of rotate quite often. He predominantly plays from the left cutting inside, doesn't he? And yeah, Adama yeah, will yeah. on the right in but, the channels or through the middle. Yeah, I'd probably yeah, yeah, I'd probably say for Adama, I, I wouldn't know whether to put him as more as a winger because he does he bombs out the wing a lot more. He doesn't do it like Jota, where you know Jota's like trying to weave in and out of players. Um, so I'd probably say possibly an inside forward and a winger. Uh, Jimenez, the one for me is he just does everything. Straight forward. Um, Yes, yeah, so. I wait to see him at United next season. Yeah, brilliant. You could put him as a DLF. You could put him as an advanced forward. You could put him as a pressing forward. Um, but I think someone like complete forward he's, maybe. He's pressing forward attack. Yeah, 
is what he is in football manager. The football manager. And that, that's what I'd been playing over Femi as. Obviously, I was yeah. playing two strikers, but you just notice him harassing. If you're playing a defensive midfielder, like that player will go and yeah. harass that defensive midfielder to get the ball back and like start something happening. So, and that he very much, he kind of plays a little bit like a target man, doesn't he? But he yeah. also kind of just walls his thing, isn't it? Is to win the ball back quickly and then break. So, and he does that very well. Yeah, I just, I've never like you know, uh, like a lot of players. I mean, he's very very highly rated by Wolves fans, but uh, like. A lot of people say like stuff about Matinho being like the best player they've seen in the Wolves shirt and stuff like that. But this guy is just like I've never seen a striker like him play for Wolves. He's just so unique and it's quite surprising. I mean, he's got a good goal record wherever he's played per minutes. Um, but yeah, he's, he's such a good player and, and it's no surprise really he's been linked with some of the big boys. You only like him. You only like him so you can add him to your thumbnail, pal. Yeah, that's it. I get the, it gets <laughs> get to the views for everyone as well. views, like. Yeah, mate. I know. But yeah, I think that's pretty much the 11. Now, in terms of instructions, um, I'd always say with the engage lower, lower line of engagement because we do very rarely play, you know, quite up, like quite high up. Um, and, and probably, you know, slightly deeper defensive line as well, uh, as, as we said earlier on. Um, counter, uh, like counter press when we lose the ball. Um, I don't know if anyone else wants to add anything. Yeah, no, I'd agree. And then obviously you want you want counter press and counter, don't you? Yeah, yeah, both of those. What, what would you as a goalkeeper distribution then? Because he's crap at kicking, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for when the ball is obviously in his hands, he tends to roll it out anyway. Wolves use that quite often just to regroup. We very rarely like quickly counter from that sort of hoof it up the pitch. So it'll always be jo- Johnny or Doherty. But I know from like goal kicks, um, he always pings it out to the right hand side to dock. Um, I saw a graph of it, like every every Premier League team where their goalkeepers kick this season, and only twice has he passed it inside his box. And obviously, that's yeah. you can do that this season. So most of the time, it goes over to Doc. Um, his kicking's improved, but it's yeah, like you say, it's still not great. Um, so goal, yeah, goalkeeper distribution. I'd probably say he tends to keep it a little bit shorter. Um, but other than that, passing's quite a difficult one as well, though, because we do like to pass it around and play short. Um, but we also again, like the, if you if you left it on default, you'd let the players kind of make the decision. Yeah, and I think like you say with the instructions and the traits, I think that would sort of come into their own really with that. What about focus of play? Like, is there any particular place on the pitch where you focus it down? Like, or is it just a case of either wing? Yeah, I think the wings obviously are the are the, are the most obvious place. Um, I think Jota and Adama are both very capable players. So you could, if we're playing with the wingers, both both wings are very very strong. Um, but again, I think a lot of, a lot of it is because of how Wolves are. It's it's quite hard to to put an instruction because a lot of them are like and Wolves obviously Wolves tend to like like to keep the ball when they're on the ball, but they don't really control possession. If you know what I mean. They don't like to just rush the ball out of their feet. They do like to play football, but they never hog possession. So a lot of the instructions are quite hard to pin on a certain area. Uh, but I think like the ones we've said, lower line of engagement, lower lower line, counter, counter press. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if you'd aim a, a certain way. Probably, probably down the wings, I think, is probably your most obvious one. Um, Would you utilise overlaps? Yeah, definitely overlaps as well with your wing backs. I think that's uh, that's a, a definite one. Um, 
Would I you maybe have the underlaps on for the for the right hand side to see if it gets try try to get if you get him hugging the touchline as well as encourage underlaps? Do you reckon that maybe get the right movement that um, Doc does that you were saying about where he cuts into the box? Yeah. You could do actually with underlaps. I've never really used underlaps to be fair. I've always been overlaps just because I think that's probably a sort of more traditional thing to do, really. But um, I think for Doc, that's probably an option, yeah. I, I'd like to see if we can, if anyone is listening and could pinpoint point a role to replicate what Matt Doherty does, it'd be uh, quite interesting. Or pinpoint a couple of instructions to chuck on him. Because I've seen times where like you're watching an attack which starts with Doc down the right-hand side, it switches to the left, and all of a sudden Doc's heading the ball into the back of the net from the middle of the box. So um, he's quite unique like that. Um, but other than that, I think the team is pretty pretty spot on. Um, roles and duties, and, and, and obviously instructions. So I'll have to try and recreate that now and see if I can uh, do any good with European it. Dream. <laughs> European Dream 2. Yeah. yeah. Let me get this Pentagon done and then I'll, then I'll do it. <laughs> that's next year's we'll game we'll be waiting with that yeah. Neves tattoo yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right lovely stuff um, Mr Dupe you are centre stage sir it's time for the quiz as as per normal right so um, <laughs> as we are as we are football manager enthusiasts I thought it's only fair to do a football manager quiz um, not about football manager, but about football managers. Uh, there's three parts to this quiz. It's just it's just a standard quiz. So first and foremost, um, there's no Viking down rule in place. Uh, so just just shout some answers. Uh, you got to shout your name, obviously, but uh, do your best. All right. So question number yeah. one: There are currently three managers that's won the European Cup slash Champions League title three times. Can you name them? Point for each one. Just repeat that again. So there currently are three managers that's won the European Cup slash Champions League title Dave. three times. Dave. Mourinho. Incorrect. Oh, bollocks. Done it twice. Porto and Inter Milan. I thought you would have uh, won it at Real Madrid. Joe. Joe. Oh, no, Zidane. Zidane is one. Pep isn't one. Uh, Hiddink. Hiddink isn't one. Ancelotti. Ancelotti's one. Any, I mean, anyone else can join in. I was going to say Ancelotti as well. Uh, the last one's tough. The, you've got the one left. I mean, if you can't get um, it, I'll give you clues. It's the Italian guy, isn't it? No. Oh. <laughs> the Italian guy. Henkes? <laughs> uh, nope. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, so I was reading about him earlier. Van Hall? Nope. Think, think Liverpool. Oh, um. Bob Paisley. Sorry, Matt? Bob Paisley. Bob Paisley is correct. It get easier, I promise. Uh, at this current in time, uh, Pep is seen as one of the greatest managers around. But when was the last time he won the Champions League? Last time I'm Pep. Same year. What? Yeah, yeah. Joe, twenty fourteen. Incorrect. Twenty twelve. One. Yeah. Out. 2013. Joe, 2013. <laughs> no. <laughs> ah, 2011. Yes, Matt. <laughs> it was 2011. Uh, Barcelona smashed the uh, question United, didn't he? Fair play, GG. Arguably Again. the greatest manager of all time, Sir Alex Ferguson managed Manchester United for 1,500 games. 
But where did he start his managerial journey? Dave. Dave. Is it some mirroring? Second job. Trick question. Oh. You're not going to get this. I've just put this one in. Nerd. Nerd. Is it East, East Sterling? Fuck me. We've got a nerd in the house. It's How many times have I done right. the Alex Ferguson challenge? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely spot on. Yeah, he did. He's done a two-minute video on it. <laughs> uh, 17 games he managed. Uh, at a 52.9% win ratio. Okay, uh, there's three managers that's won a World Cup as a manager and as a player. Can you name any of them? So there are three managers at this current moment in time that have won a World Cup as a manager and a player. Can you name any of them? One's German, one's... Joe. Yo. Z Zidane? He's not won it as a manager. Dave. Dave. The Champs. Correct. Yeah. Well done. There are two others. Anyone fancy a guess? Matt. Matt. Beckenbauer. Beckenbauer is correct as well. Shout. The last one's tough. Recent or eight or years ago? Yonks, Dave. You were definitely not bored there. Oh. <laughs> Don't think your dad was either. He's Italian. Mario. I mean, that's. I mean, that sounds like I'm stereotyping, doesn't it? Mario Zagello. Nah, none of us would have allowed, I think. He won it twice as a player in 1958 and 62, uh, and he won it as a manager in 1970. So the two that you got right, any guesses on years, or is that his bonus point? You want to get the year? 2018, they... Deschamps. What year did he win it as a player, Dave? Oh, four. <laughs> uh, it was 98. Good guess, though. 98. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're not going to do bonus points, because, uh, you know, why not? Alf Ramsey delivered the World Cup to England in 1966, but which team did he pick up in the third tier of English football and drag them to the top division champions in the 61-62 season? Nerd. Nerd. I don't... Uh, I'm going for Ipswich, but... Ipswich is spot the dog oh, on. And it's Sir Alf Ramsey. It is Sir Alfred Ernest Ramsey, I think his middle name is. Um but we're going to go with that. Okay, question number six. We're going to mix it up. I'm not just going to give you questions now. I'm going to list you managers in date order. You just got to tell me the club. Okay? Simple as that. I'm not going to tell you the dates. I'm just going to reel them up. I'm going to tell you when I'm going to start. So I'm going to start this one in 1994 with Brian Robson as manager. He left and Terry Venables took over. Joe. Joe. Middlesbrough. Correct on Monday. Waste the time, all of those ones. <laughs> Question number seven. We're going to start in 2001. You see Steve Bruce is in charge. Joe. Joe. Birmingham. That's incorrect. He no. leaves. Third. Sheffield United. That's incorrect. No pressure, Dave. I mean, you can just keep answering. It's fine. Uh, Trevor Francis then took over. He left. Mr. Ian Dowry took over. He left. You can still answer again if you wish. Dave. Joe. Palace. Palace. I saw you. I saw your lip, lips moving. No, that's why I went in for it. <laughs> that's correct. Okay, we're going to start in... Nah, I told you there was going to be some 90s football. We're going to start in 1997. Dave Watson was the caretaker manager. He Joe. Joe. Newcastle. Oh. Uh... <laughs> Howard Kendall took over. Nerd. Nerd. 
Everton. He knows it's not his football. See, I thought I, I was going to say Everton. I thought it was too easy. <laughs> okay, so 1994 again. Graham Taylor is in charge of this team. He leaves. Mark McGee takes over. No. Dave. Dave? Walls. So I had to let him have one, nerd. That's the only one he's going to get. Okay, question number 10. We are starting in 2006. This is a long list, so uh, that gives you a bit of a clue. Dennis Wise is in charge in 2006, but it's not Millwall. No. no. It's not Millwall. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to say Millwall, yes. weren't you? Yeah. I would have said that as well. Okay, then, then Gwyn Williams takes over. He leaves. Gary McAllister takes over. He leaves. Simon Grayson takes over. He leaves. Nerd. Nerd. Leeds. Leeds is correct. Oh. Okay. So we have got five questions left. It's currently seven points to Matt, four points to Joe, and two to Dave. Everyone can win this because there is six points available. I'm going to tell oh, you the clubs. You're now going to tell me the manager. But something links all of these managers together. And if you can guess the link, you get a bonus two-pointer. Because I'm being friendly. Okay. So, it's not all of their clubs as well, by the way. It's just some of them. Selection. Yes. So, Espanol. They are in order as well. If, 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 it might not be the whole all of their list, but they are in order. Espanol. Joe. Joe. Pochettino. I knew you were going for it. Incorrect. <laughs> oh. I was going to say that. Chile. Nerd. Nerd? Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, Pellegrini. Incorrect. Oh, I was going to say that as well. Atletico oh. Bilbao. Marseille. Oh, Marseille. Nerd. Nerd? Oh, yeah. oh, I can't remember his fucking name. Bielsa. Bielsa. Bielsa is correct. Who got that? <laughs> Matt. Matt, Matt you're, like, you're like, I can't remember his name. And I was just joking. <laughs> Bielsa. Okay, if you do open your brother out, if this you, feels like us against you, do yeah, it's fine. Right, if you do, uh, if you do get the link at any time, feel free to shout it out. This one's a tough one, and I'm going to give you years at this one to help you. Not years, but the dates. Uh, 2011 <laughs> to 2013, he was at Swindon Town. He left Swindon Town in 2013 and went to Sunderland. And had to buy third. Decanio. Decanio is correct. Had to buy a new suit after his knee slide. Okay, next one. I hope you get this because there's a team that I cannot pronounce on this list. So I hope you get this before I get there. So he was caretaker manager at Bolton. He then, I have an answer, by the way. He went to Derby <laughs> County. He left Derby and went to Hull City. Went to Preston North End. Anytime, gentlemen. South End United. He left there and went to Swindon. You bastards. He went to Prune City and then he went to Hyderabad. I, no. I think I nailed that. Joe, you're first. Phil Brown. Phil Brown. <laughs> any, guesses, any guesses on the links yet? Not no? a clue. They were no. like sunbeds. We might have to up the bonus points to make it that Dave can actually get involved in this one. <laughs> question number 14, the penultimate question. In 2002, he was the Manchester United Reserve Manager. He then wasn't a first-team manager until 2015. 
We took over Norwich City as a caretaker manager. You know, Dave. Look, Dave. Feeling? Fair fucking play, David. I'm going to give you an extra two points for that. So that is, <laughs> that is a great shout. I honestly thought people would struggle with that one. I knew it was only going to be, I thought it was Carlos Queiros, Mullenstein or Feelin. And yeah, I knew yeah, Mullenstein okay. yeah, yeah. Mullenstein was Fulham, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He I knew was, he was yeah. another team. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Hold on to your seatbelts because, Matt, you're going to get you're going to get excited on this one. 2004, he went to Tamworth. Left Tamworth, went to Kettering Town. Who the fuck are they? They went to Peterborough United. Nerd. Nerd. Mark Cooper. Mark Cooper is correct. So Nerd is on 10 points. Joe is on five. Dave is on four. So for six points... (laughs) (laughs) This is at the Dave playbook here. (laughs) Who can guess the link between Mark Cooper, Mike Phelan, Phil Brown, Bielsa... They were all on the same academy. Sorry? Yeah. No? They all took the same course at the same time or something. No, like think that. think a little bit less than that. Don't think so difficult. I don't want to I mean God Dave, think about it. This is dead air. Just make a guess, Dave, quick. They've all managed in England. No, they have. They have. You're absolutely right. Uh, good link. Uh, but that's not the link I'm looking for. They've all been on some podcasts. Dave, there's a picture that gives you a clue. You've met them all. I've met all of those. Well done, oh. Joe. You win with 11 points. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Matt second with 10 points. And Dave back down in four with four points. Yeah, I've met all, all five of those. Um, when did you meet Paolo Di Canio? So pa- when Paolo Di Canio was in Swindon, right? He went yeah. to Cargo and Siren, which used to be like a furniture shop, and I helped him lift his black pack furniture into the back of his car. He had like a soft top, like Saab. It was awful. <laughs> I tried to take the selfie out because we did take a selfie. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I mean, I, I thought I'd give you, give you a interesting. Right, anyway, that's uh, that's it. Well done, well done, Joe. GG. I mean, you won by technicality, but it's all right. Great, great quiz, mate. It's it was great very quiz. good. Well done. I had to make it a bit different. Next Sit week, I'm going to set the world on fire. Please don't. It's really on fire enough. It, will, it would kill coronavirus, <laughs> I'm sure. Kill everyone else as well in the process. Uh, <laughs> a bit of collateral damage. It's all right. Collateral damage. I mean, I guess so. Anyway, that brings episode 139 to a close, gentlemen. You can find the links for each of us, the Five Star Pod Twitter account and Weestrom FM Discord server in the podcast description or by visiting weestromfm.com where you can find the blogs that have been released this past week, including Joe's little bit about his Sunderland save where you can also download it. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every Monday. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, gents. Bye, Bye, gents. Bye, Sam. Wash your hands.